It's the time of year where we see a large volume of livestock being shuttled across the country, and most of it it's in the form of a truck and a cattle pot. I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but when you give me directions that are down to the tree and then you take a right to Grandma's place and then take a left over the creek and then the road will split and you can't miss it, we take that as a challenge sometimes. <laughs> we can. We can miss it. Now, we can joke about giving our truckers directions, but in all seriousness, think about what ranching would be like without the transportation industry. Aliyah Hilker Heights, president of Steve Hilker Trucking out of Kansas, joins us as we talk about the issues in transportation that are critical for ranchers. And as we started looking at that and thinking about how livestock moves from coast to coast into the heartland um, and everywhere in between, we started to realize that that may present a real challenge for us. Our topic today, transportation, the issues we need to be aware of, what they're struggling with, and what we can do to help, including good directions, on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Welcome you here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. We thank you for joining us here on our program today. If you're listening on the radio, thanks for tuning in. Hope you stay with us through the whole episode here today. It's going to be a great show. If you've downloaded it on a podcast site, thanks for doing that. This is episode 92. And so if you want to go back and listen to it, that's how you can find it. If you pretty much, if you're not familiar with podcast sites, if you go to uh, just search Working Ranch Radio Show, you're probably going to get directed to it more than more than uh, one way or the other. So uh, go and you can listen to not only today's show, but you can also catch up on previous shows that we've had as well. Well, if you heard us in the opening, yeah, we are going to be talking about transportation. This is, I think, uh, a topic I feel as as I visited with our guest today, who is Aaliyah Hilker-Heiss, who is president of Steve Hilker Trucking. She's also on the Transportation Committee for the U.S. Cattlemen. But as her and I visited, I just realized, and as I was prepping for that conversation with her realizing, boy, our industry in ranching really relies an awful lot on trucks and and that transportation industry. So we're going to be talking with her not only about the issues that she has been working on uh, that do affect us in the ranching industry, but also just in general, some of the challenges that they're facing. And then we're going to get to the very end about some things that we can do to help them not only collaborating and working together on big issues, but just really some specifics as well. So Aaliyah Hilker-Heiss is my guest today as we talk about the transportation industry. Also, of course, at the very end of our program here today, meteorologist Don Day will be checking in as we take a look at our long-term weather. Right now, I do want to thank our sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's the fall time of the year. Yep, that means weaning. So for protection and recovery, think Biozyme. Think VitaCharge by Biozyme. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash vita dash charge. And Zoetis, visit in Inherit Progress, if you're interested in genomic testing, go to the website, inheritprogress.com, and request a call with a rep and ask about free TSUs. And speaking of Zoetis, it's the little things that could derail progress, but your herd can be covered. Visit getlessparasites.com for solutions from Zoetis. And the American Simmental Association, and there have been some very fundamental changes that the American Simmental Association has brought to the table to help ranchers move their operations forward. Things like pedigree knowledge with actual performance records and now some very advanced genomics that go along with that. They're providing more predictability to you, the rancher, so that you can make management decisions that increase your profit. Sim Genetics, profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org and Zenpro Perfusion Drench. Optimize performance from the start with Zenpro Perfusion Drench. Well, let's check in now with the captain, Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for this week edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. Welcome to this week's guest, Aaliyah Hilker-Heiss. She knows a lot about this cattle transportation sector. And Justin, about six, seven years ago, uh, I joined Aaliyah and her dad, Steve Hilker, uh, Kansas. He's uh, been a big help in identifying what we need to do in the cattle transportation sector, uh, Hilker Trucking there in, in uh, Kansas. And um, 
We all went to D.C. with the U.S. Cattlemen's Association and sat in on a few meetings with the Department of Transportation. I remember we sat down and, uh, you know, on the big, big board table there. And uh, one of them said one of the first things they asked is, we, we thought uh, you guys are still moving cattle in the rail system. <laughs> I mean, we just kind of stared at one another and it was like, man, we got a lot of work to do here to bring these folks up to speed. Uh, it all worked out. And Ali is here today to update us on some of the exemptions and the and the changes and all that stuff. And we appreciate her time. Um, but I got to tell you, Justin, last week's episode, E91, uh, you had Jim Handley. He is the executive vice president of the Florida Cattlemen's Association. And I know they're up to their armpits and digging out from that hurricane, recent hurricane and, and all the other things they got going on. But he did mention, you know, he was he was talking about these eighteen hundred mile hauls from uh, from out of Florida. Everything's got to come out of Florida to the feed yards uh, to get fed in Texas, all the way up to Nebraska. And I got to tell you, um, if I was a younger man and a little bit more ambitious, I'd be looking into what they're looking at in Australia. They are revisiting moving live calves by rail. And they're bringing them out of the Northwest Territories down into uh, the Darwin area and that sort of thing. Those are long hauls up the 1800 mile deal. And they're talking about this, this reboot of the pilot project is saying that they are looking at possible returns of $120 per calf in savings in trucking them in those big massive road trains. Uh, by rail. Now, we all, a lot of us know that uh, some of these rail cars can be outfitted by like the containers for cattle that we ship cattle overseas on container ships. They've got feed in the form of dry uh, cubes and that sort of thing, pellets. They've got water. Uh, all those containers are hooked up and charged with water. And it's a very comfortable voyage for them. And the same could be said about the rail. These cattle could actually gain weight. Uh, and certainly not shrink, you know, getting them all the way down. And the, I mean, I, I think that the um, the benefits of of rail transport of calves out of Florida into the Midwest and into the Texas feed yard areas is well worth a look. That's my two cents. Justin, do whatever the heck you want with it. Back to you. All right. Thanks, Captain. And I also want to give him a shout out for not only uh, really bird dogging this topic as he has over the several years, but also helping line up our interview here today that will be coming up. So stay with us as we get into our featured interview coming up in just a few moments as Aaliyah Hilker Heist joins me. We're going to be talking about transportation. Don't think this is an issue we as ranchers can ignore. There's some key things in here. You're going to find out more when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Aid stressed cattle during weaning, shipping, receiving, and vaccination by delivering a multi-day supply of essential minerals and nutrients. With Zinpro Profusion Drench, you can keep receiving calves performing and achieve a 16 to 1 return on investment with 20% reduced respiratory loss. Optimize performance from the start with Zinpro Profusion Drench. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. We thank you for joining us here on our program today as we head now into our featured interview, looking at a segment of our ranching industry that probably, if you're going to be honest with yourself, you probably don't spend an awful lot of time thinking about or, or, or losing much sleep over because typically when it comes to moving our critters from one location to the other or from off the ranch to where they're going to go for the fall or get to get into the feedlot. We probably don't think a whole lot because we make the phone call and all of a sudden the trucker's there. So we're going to be talking transportation today as it is a very integral part of our ranching industry. And I I don't even want to limit it to that. I think it's bigger. It's way beyond even our ranching industry. But joining me today is Aaliyah Hilker-Heiss. She is the president of Steve Hilker Trucking out of Cimarron, Kansas. And she's also part of the Transportation Committee for the United States Cattlemen's Association. First of all, Aaliyah, I want to thank you for joining us. Joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. 
yeah, appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, I started to kind of into a little bit of a diatribe about how we often overlook uh, the transportation side of our industry sometimes as ranchers because we're kind of consumed in what we do every day. And that's fine because that's that's what we do every day. And and I think that's really when you look at it, transportation, the trucking side of our of our industry is pretty important. Yeah, it is. And and the good news is because y'all are consumed by what it is you're doing, I have a job, right? And my guys have a job. So it takes all of us working together. It's been, um, we've been really lucky to work with some great producers. We've been really lucky to work with some great drivers, right? And it's it's been a really awesome, like we, we love what we do. It has gotten really challenging mm-hmm. and it's gotten challenging because of, rising prices. It's gotten challenging because of dri- not being able to find drivers. And and I'll tell you, it's gotten extra challenging due to the regulations. And I think that that's one of the things when when we initially connected that we wanted to talk about, yeah. because there seems to be a lot of confusion with the changing regulations connected to livestock transportation specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know several years ago when there were some modifications and, and a lot more regulations coming in on the digital logs and those kinds of things that affected the trucking, uh, the truckers and the transportation industry, there was real initially a lot of concern as far as, man, if you're going to limit uh, these livestock hauling units, there's some concern there in terms of the welfare of the animals just in general. So let's talk about the some of that confusion uh, that on the regulatory issues that are out there and kind of get some baseline data of where we were, where we're at and and where that's looking like it could be going. Absolutely. Yeah. So here about five, six years ago, um, Steve, the founder of Steve Hoker Trucking, made a call to Tim O'Byrne mm-hmm. at Working Ranch Magazine. And we had gotten wind of these ELDs, the electronic logging devices that were going to be required for every commercial motor vehicle that would keep track of our hours of service. And those are something that get plugged right into our engines. And so they can track down to the second how our trucks have been moving. And as we started looking at that and thinking about how livestock moves from coast to coast into the heartland um, and everywhere in between, we started to realize that that may present a real challenge for us. And so I have to say, Tim was fantastic on jumping right on board. He saw the issue that we saw immediately um, Livestock Marketing Association did too, but but really what started was, hey, for us to safely and efficiently move these cattle, an electronic logging device is not going to be a good thing. Um, we need to be able to move these animals without offloading them. We need to be able to move them without team driving, which is something that came in. And there are times when hours of service have presented a challenge for us. And so we went right to work with Working Ranch Magazine to figure out how to come up with a solution that was more workable for us. And what we ended up doing was getting a, an exemption to the ELD, which would allow us to continue to operate on paper logs. Um, and we've been doing that now since, um, well, it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. And, and that was primarily to ensure, again, that when we show up at your ranch and we load your calves on there, you know, whether it's up in Wyoming or Montana and we're bringing them down here into into Kansas or Oklahoma, Texas, you know, that that we're able to do that without stopping, that we're able to do that um, without presenting any extra issues, biosecurity issues, if we were to have to offload them. Um, there were just a lot of issues that we saw right away that if we didn't get in front of this, we mm-hmm. would have to address. And so we did that. And so that happened. And then we had COVID and COVID presented us with another kind of unique opportunity. And what we were able to do again through help with United States Cattlemen's Association, Working Ranch LMA, um, was to get another exemption. And so we were exempted hours of service. So while we are still required to log prior to COVID our hours, when COVID struck, because they saw the importance of keeping our supply chain moving and especially our food, Um, we were able to get that exemption. And so for the last three years, we have operated exempt hours of service. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that has allowed us to keep cattle moving from the ranch to the feed yard, the feed yard um, to the slaughter facility. It's really been um, a unique experience for us to do that. And what we think has happened is that we've been able to do that as safely as we did with hours of service. We're, we're not able to prove that yet. We're looking for a university to pick that up and study that with us. Yeah. But we think that's what's happened. And so, so there's been some confusion because here just Friday, this past Friday, we lost that exemption. And so the COVID 
um, declaration that we had, it was an emergency declaration granted by the federal government expired. And so all livestock carriers had to go back to logging their hours of service. But there was something else kind of unique that happened when we had this exemption from hours of service. And that was that we got a bill passed um, through the infrastructure bill that allowed livestock transportation carriers um, to operate with 150 air mile exemption on the back end of their loads. And so we were running a MAP 21 exemption on the front, which would allow us basically 175 driving miles from your ranch Mm -hmm. out to wherever we were going. We were exempt hours of service within that circle. And once we broke that circle, we had to begin our regular logging, our hours of service compliance. And what we saw happening is on those longer hauls with those hours of service, that we wouldn't be able to get to our final destination. And at times we would be within, you know, 25, 50 miles with a live animal on board. And you can't just stop and wait 10 hours on our mandatory 10 hour break with live animals. Yeah. That That's not good for anybody. And so we were able to lobby and it took us several years to get this done, but we got a back end exemption for 150 air miles. And that's just to allow us to get your cattle where they need to go without stopping. And again, it goes back to that safely and efficiently getting cattle where they need to go. But, but that was another change that I'm guessing a lot of carriers have not been utilizing because we've just been exempt hours of service. Mm-hmm. As this moves forward, and I know a part of the transportation committee, where do you see this moving forward? I mean, we've got this 150 mile exemption, but is are they going to continue to, to try to regulate this down? Are we going to be able to maintain some element of workability, I guess, for lack of other words, for those that are transporting animals? I'm probably <laughs> admittedly a little jaded where I don't suppose that anybody's interested in um, deregulating transportation yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, but I do think to your point, yes, we will continue to have workability here. The um, back end 150 was a really big deal, right? So we yeah. can do some pretty substantial hauls within the regulatory compliance that's required of us for the guys that are coming in off the coast. So you're your Florida calves, um, cattle coming out of Virginia, California, those longer hauls, um, it turns into a bit more of a challenge. And we're going to have to continue to be creative about how we address that, talk about that, log that. Um, And what I mean in that is, you know, we're going to have to figure out whether we're going to have to put some infrastructure in place or whether we're going to have to look at this a little bit differently, perhaps than we have in the past to make sure that we're able to do that legally, safely, and efficiently. Mm -hmm. You talked about that there was some legislation passed that allowed this 150-mile radius. And I know that's something there's probably continual work on that. Is there any any ears that are open to making this a little bit better when when it comes to Washington, D.C. and, and legislators or senators and representatives there looking at helping out in there? I mean, how has that response been, I guess, from you all as a committee representing ranchers and the transportation industry out there on back in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I can tell you that in the states that know that cattle is a primary commodity for them, um, they were very welcoming. We have friends in Montana, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, I mean, Arkansas. This group of not just producers that we work with, but our elected officials, if we could get in front of them, they really were able to see the need for a little bit of flexibility with livestock immediately. Mm -hmm. I will tell you also that it took a lot of educating on our first two trips to D.C. um, because people, people, in D.C. that don't have a lot of exposure to how their beef gets to their plate mm-hmm. don't understand all the logistics. So at our first meeting up there, we were asked why we weren't transporting cattle by rail. Mm-hmm. And so we had to start there and educating folks on how their cattle move from the ranch all the way through the supply chain. And, and once we were able to have that conversation, it's really a no-brainer. It's common sense that Moving a live animal is much different than moving any kind of box commodity, you know, toilet paper or things like that. It's just different. And so to think that you can put the hours of service on live animals or fish or bees that you would on on anything that's moving just in a box truck, it, it 
It's common sense. And they get that. Yeah. Do you think, and I'm try, I hate to be a little cynical here, but do you think there was some element of some of this regulation uh, that was maybe undercutting, trying purposely trying to un- undercut the livestock industry or was it just ignorance? Well, there's always that theory, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it, there's there's always a question of what the true intent of any regulation is. I can tell you that in transportation, there are some additional regulations that have come out that are going to continue to put pressure on the available drivers Mm -hmm. that we are going to be able to get, right? And so one of those things is we now have to have um, some additional hoops that have to be jumped through to get a CDL driver. And so they now have to have an entirely new level of training, which includes book training, They have to have on the road training um, and it's increased the cost. So the barrier to entrance has been increased to get new drivers in. um, And and it's just not as easy and it's expensive, right? You're looking at anywhere from two to $4,000 now to get a CDL Mm -hmm. where before it wasn't that expensive. Um, And so that's just another way that we're kind of being hamstrung by getting new guys in. They are working on a pilot program that would allow 18 year olds to cross state lines. Right now you have to be 21 to have an interstate CDL. They're working on getting 18 year olds across state lines and kind of seeing how that affects the safety of transportation in general. But what we've found is for us with our insurance carrier, I can't hire anyone under the age of 23. Mm. And so with good intent, you know, there, there's, still a lot of red tape that has to be cut through to, to get your steak to your plate. Yeah. My guest today is Aaliyah Hilker-Heiss. She's the president of Steve Hilker Trucking out of Cimarron, Kansas. She's also a representative on the U.S. Cattlemen's Association's Transportation Committee. As we're talking about the transportation industry and the side of our ranching business that so much of us rely on to move our, our products, not only on the hoof, but later on. And uh, we're just talking about that in general. And uh, I think it's something for us to be very, very aware of. When we come back, Lee was talking talking a little bit about the driver element and some of the regulations coming down with that. We're going to be talking more about the driver shortage and how how that's being handled when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Every year you pick your replacement heifers. Some become profitable cows. Others disappoint. How can you make more reliable selections? Genetic testing. Commercial cow-calf producers like you are using Inherit Select from Zoetis. You gain valuable predictions, including cow fertility, size and soundness, feed efficiency, growth and carcass merit, as well as easy-to-use economic indexes. This improves your selection, breeding, and marketing decisions. Request a call from InheritProgress.com and ask about free TSUs to get you started. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today is Aaliyah Hilker-Heiss with Steve Hilker Trucking out of Cimarron, Kansas. Also, as she is a representative for the U.S. Cattlemen's Association Transportation Committee. And real quick, we'll throw a plug in here for when we were talking, uh, you were texting me kind of some information about yourself. Uh, you made sure to put in Oklahoma State alum, so I know you're <laughs> proud of being a cowboy. <laughs> I am. Go Pokes. Yeah. Well, you know, and that kind of fits me as you and I were we're talking off air you know i i recollect the one time that the university of wyoming uh played oklahoma state in a bowl game and this was several years ago but it was when barry sanders was in his senior year or his last year at oklahoma state and we'll just put it this way it wasn't real pretty for the wyoming <laughs> cowboys i'll just put it that way so that's i i know we've probably played at different times in, uh, in other years since then but that was still etched into my memory but that kind of gets us away from our featured topic here today but uh, Aaliyah we were talking uh, and folks were if you didn't join us in the first segment we're talking about the transportation industry and I know you're thinking well geez you know this is a ranching show why are we talking about uh, why are we talking about the trucking and the transportation well I'll tell you what as I said at the very first segment it's our our industry relies an awful lot on this and I'm going to expand even more our economy relies an awful lot on the transportation industry and I believe one of the issues and the things we're talking about here today, Aaliyah, is almost, to, to me, what I feel, Aaliyah, is that there's almost a deafness of understanding from our, from, from our, our society in realizing how important this industry is to our economy. It is. And I think it's through, through no one group's 
default, right? I mean, it. we have historically been so good at receiving a phone call, getting trucks, getting them to your place, getting the cattle loaded and getting them delivered. It's just been a non-issue across the board, not just in livestock transportation. But as we've seen or navigated COVID and kind of what appears to be a driver shortage, and there are different industry advocates that would say there isn't one, but I, I would argue wholeheartedly that especially in livestock there is, um, we felt more and more of that pinch. And so I think what has historically been a, like you said earlier, a phone call and truck show up mm-hmm. has turned into a much broader and larger challenge. And I think uh, the, some of those challenges we talked about in the first segment, you were talking about now some of the the costs that it could be to get a driver in, you know, two dollars $3,000 to try to get somebody up with their CDL and trained and all that kind of stuff. That's an expensive endeavor. And, and I know from as, as you, president of Steve Hilker Trucking, you, you're dealing with that as well as not just the scheduling of trucks, but getting drivers. Let's talk about that side of the of, of the trucking industry and just dealing with the driver shortage. Yeah. So uh, getting drivers has proven to be more and more of a challenge, right? And, and there's, I think there's kind of a twofold thing going on. So on one side of it, this is not easy work, whether you're the producer or the driver, or in any way connected to livestock production, it's not easy, right? And so where my guys uh, come in, and I, my average tenure right now is right at eight years. Okay. And that's, I think that's pretty unheard of in livestock transportation, but my guys have been here for a long time. They have to have animal husbandry skills. They have to be able to get in a pen and be comfortable. They have to be able to do sometimes long hours. They have to be good communicators. These aren't just guys that hopped in a truck one day and said, Hey, you know, I think I'll give this, (laughs) give give this a try. Uh, We have to have beef quality assurance training to get into every plant, right? We have to present a card that says that we have been trained and how to um, humanely handle these animals. And the, the truth of the matter is, like I said, it's hard work. It's dusty. It's dirty. It's cold. It's hot, depending on what season it is. And my guys sometimes don't get home every night. And so as I've watched these more experienced guys do this, they're kind of familiar with the industry and how it works. But when I go and try to recruit these younger guys, you know, they want to be home every night. They Mm want to see their kids. They want to be with their family. They want to do those things and be involved in. And I don't fault them. I have two little girls at home myself. But this industry historically has not been overly family friendly. Yeah. And so when they're getting home two or three nights a week, on top of having to have these animal handling skills, on top of having to, you know, not be home, on top of all the requirements that we have, it it has turned into, you know, just a really challenging thing to go out and recruit and tell them how great it is. Yeah. So in in your efforts of managing a, a large trucking firm and then in that recruiting process, what are the things that does entice them to do this? You know, we've been having that conversation internally quite a bit. So we have a full benefits package and it is paid health insurance, 401k match, safety bonus, tenure bonus. I mean, we're um, sign-on bonuses. We're looking at all those different things. And I think at the end of the day, it's been really interesting. Um, I And I have great equipment. Um, my oldest truck is a I think a 2015, but the trucks I have moving on the road are no older than a 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, my trailers, my oldest one's a 2018. So we put great equipment out there. I think at the end of the day right now, it's a balance between getting paid. And I think if they're paid fairly and appropriately for the work that they do, it really turns them to getting home. Mm-hmm. And with the price of diesel being what it is and with the cost of equipment being what it is, um, the first truck that I bought was $165,000. I have another on order and it's 235 and that's in that cost increases over three years. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you're trying to manage those costs and you're looking at family time versus bouncing 120 miles to go home or staying within 15 miles of the feed yard, boy, it turns into a challenge. Yeah. You know, and you're representing your, I mean, you represent the industry as a whole on behalf of the U.S. Cattlemen on the Transportation Committee, and then and then as well as representing your guys's, your family business there. But we also have a lot of this industry that's not necessarily, uh, you know, a large trucking firm. Maybe they have one truck, two trucks. For those folks, right. what are, you know, there's challenges for them folks as well. Yeah, yeah. And so the big challenges that we have seen 
are an increase in cost, like I said, but it's not just equipment, it's insurance. Insurance is not getting any cheaper. These regulations that they continue to roll out, whether it be an ELD or whether it be getting a CDL or, you know, those things, those all have a cost. And when you're a new guy coming into livestock transportation and you may not have a broad business base or you may not have, you know, more opportunity to spread your cost. It is, it's really challenging. You go in and you try to increase the rate, right, to cover mm-hmm. your cost, and then you don't get hired. And then there's a guy that'll come in and do it for a quarter to fifty cents less. Yeah. Um. And and you have to try to compete with that. One of the things that I I have seen happening more and more, um, especially with smaller smaller carriers is running farm tags and and for the the one truck guy the guy that's moving his own cattle absolutely but for your producers that are hiring those farm tag trucks you know the challenge that that all of us carriers have that are commercial that have for hire authority is we make sure that we have the best insurance i have a certificate of insurance i've never had a producer ask me since i've been back for my certificate of insurance but i have property insurance. I have cargo insurance. So God forbid, Mm -hmm. you know, my truck tips over with your investment on board, right? I have a load of your calves on and we have a a bad deal. I have the best cargo insurance in the industry. And he comes in, my insurance adjuster comes in and he pays for that load at market price that day entirely, right? Mm -hmm. It's paid for and it's paid for usually within a week. There are other carriers out there that don't have that good of insurance. And if you're running a farm tag, I doubt they have any cargo insurance. And so as a producer with these rising costs, these rising inputs, one of the things I would really challenge them to do is ask about the insurance that their truckers have, right? Because the last thing that you want to do is load those calves on a truck that's not insured, have an accident and be out your investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, and definitely something that, you know, and I know from the more the independent guys that are working on their own uh all of that stuff. There's just a lot of cost into that. And, and sometimes it's, it's hard for that stuff to all come together. You know, as we've talked about some of the, some of the hardships, some of the things that are challenges out there, let's, let's kind of switch uh, sides here a little bit. And we're all in an economy right now. That's, that's a little tough. We, we can all say that, but as we look forward, where do you see the industry and some, some elements of it that I guess would be encouraging? Yeah. So one of the things that that we have seen, especially in the last two years, is just a higher level of communication and collaboration. And I think that that's going to have to continue. And so whether it's on the delivery side of things, coordinating with other carriers to say, hey, how do we get more efficient? Like, I'm going to unload trucks over here. I know you're going to unload trucks over there. I have loads over there and you have loads over here. How can we I'll just switch with you, right? And then our trucks aren't passing each other. Mm-hmm. We're more likely to be on time. We're more likely to provide good service. And so I've seen that. That's going to have to continue. Um, I think on on the other side of things, the more that these producers can communicate, right? And let us know, hey, I know that next week I'm going to ship cattle. The higher likelihood that we'll be able to, to get there and be on time and do those things. Um, I think the other kind of forward-looking thing that we'll have to continue to be aware of is a cross-collaboration between producers and truckers, right? And so as these regulations come up, as these opportunities come up to continue to advance our industry as a whole, it takes all of us working together. And so when there's a regulatory issue that comes up for truckers, we need the producers to get involved because at the end of the day, it affects them and vice versa. When there's an issue that comes up that affects the producers, we all have to be on the same team because if, if it's not all one solid voice and we get kind of spread out and lack a, a wholehearted and collective message, it's really easy to just kind of get shut out. And we experience that quite a bit in DC. And so I really think, you know, it takes all of us working together to make sure that all of our needs are getting met, not just a, a livestock transportation issue or a producer issue. We're all in this together because without one, there's none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good message there. And it was interesting last week, Jim Hanley, who's the executive vice president of the Florida Cattlemen's Association, was joining us. And we were he would went through some of the issues that that they're focused on in the Florida Cattlemen's. And I and I wrote those issues down and I, and I thought, well, that's interesting because they're not much different than what I would see out here in the West in terms of just general issues. And the, the point in that was, was that we need to we need to support each other. We need to support each other's uh, 
organizations. We need to support each other's, others' industries as well. And I think that was a good point you made there. And the fact is, is that it's pretty easy for us to kind of get tunneled down into what we're doing, but we need to lift our heads up and realize what all are the elements that affect our industry. And, and if there's regulations and issues coming down, such as in your all's situation with trucking and that affects us, we need to step up and not only support the organizations that are doing something about it, like, for example, you on the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, but we really need to keep our heads up. And I tell you, it doesn't – I think sometimes it's easy to get trapped in, well, I'm associated with this organization and they're doing that. And at the end of the day, really, um, for those big issues that need addressed, all associations are talking yeah. and working together. And yeah. so I would say don't get caught up in whichever organization it is that you're involved with. Just have a voice mm-hmm. and let us know how we can help you because – like I said, at the end of the day, without the producer, I don't have a job. And so if there's something pressing, sure, I sure want to be involved. Mm-hmm. You bet. That's a good point. Aaliyah Hilker-Heiss is my guest here today. She's the president of Steve Hilker Trucking out of Cimarron, Kansas. Uh, we are talking about the transportation and the trucking industry uh, that is a major part of our ranching industry. When we come back, I'm going to visit with Aaliyah one, a little bit more. We're going to talk about maybe some advice that she would offer to ranchers uh, for those truckers showing up and some things that we could do to, to help that whole process. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's weaning time, one of the biggest days of the year for you and the most stressful for your calves. Ensure a smooth transition with the VitaCharge Weaning Program. This two-step program with the AmaFirm Advantage gives calves the nutritional boost they need to get through the first weeks of weaning, accelerate appetite, increase weight gain, and improve health. It's weaning time. Get them ready with VitaCharge. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. And we welcome you back here again to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. We've had a great discussion with my guest today, Aaliyah Hilker, Heist, President of Steve Hilker Trucking out of Cimarron, Kansas. But she also sits on the Transportation Committee of the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. And if you missed our first two segments with Aaliyah, we were in the first segment talking about some of the regulations that's come down the line that do affect us here in the ranching industry and some things that they have worked on to alleviate some of those regulations. And then in the second segment, we were talking about just some of the struggles as a trucking industry that they are finding. Now, Aaliyah, as we head into this segment, I I know um, when it comes to the relationship between the truckers and the ranchers, there's always things that probably uh, from from your guys' perspective, you'd think if they would just do this, it would be very helpful. So I'm going to give you this opportunity because you have the ear of a lot of ranchers. And so what would be some things that would be very helpful to you all as you represent uh, here today, the trucking industry yeah for sure so um the having the cattle gathered always um helps us it it makes my guys in a better mood and it it helps us be more efficient with the rest of our day and so when that next producer is waiting on a truck when the cattle are gathered you know we can just we can make it easier for everyone and i know at at times in the past the trucks just haven't showed up and you don't want to start gathering until you know the trucks are there but I can assure you right now, a lot of those carriers that weren't providing the best service aren't here anymore. And so I would I would encourage producers to give it a try, mm-hmm. have them gathered. And, and if it doesn't work, give me a call and I'll see what I can <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so that would be one. Um, the other would be really great directions. And with technology <laughs> now, uh, pins help. So I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but when you give me directions that are down to the tree and then you take a right to grandma's place and then take a left over the creek and then the road will split and you can't miss it. We take that as a challenge sometimes. <laughs> uh, we can, we can miss it. Um, and so if you have pins that you can drop us that I can send my guys, we are much more likely to end up where you need us to be. Um, if there are places that you need us to wait, if it's a way up and you want us to wait, if you can let us know, where we need to weigh so that we can have that done. I know a lot of times calf guys want the trailers washed out. If you can tell that, tell us that ahead of time so we can make sure we're clean. You know, we, we want this to be a positive experience for the producer. We want to make sure that we're providing the highest level of service that we can, but sometimes it takes, like I said earlier, setting that expectation. Um, And then that mutual respect of, you know, we're trying to get onto the next thing too. And, and certainly 
we don't want to be responsible for wasting your time. And the flip side of that is we've got places to go mm-hmm. to. And so making it the best for both of us. You bet. I want to go back a little bit to the pen drop because uh, there's, uh, there's, we, we got to take into account our entire industry and folks that could be listening and we're not. And so what a pin drop is and I, and so maybe some explanation, I know what that is, but uh, maybe some explanation from you and what, what you're referring to as a pin drop. I'm laughing at myself because <laughs> I just figured out how to drop a pin. <laughs> oh, you're so, oh really? See, you should have known yeah, this already. I, I know. So full disclosure, like uh, <laughs> I've just figured out how to do it. I usually text my guys and I'm like, hey, you know that place that we're going to be loading at that you were just at a few weeks ago? Can you drop me that pin, please? <laughs> but so what it is, is you can open up your um, app on your phone, the map app, whether you use app or Google Maps or Apple Maps, whatever. Um, you can open that up and find where where you would like us to load, right? And so if you have a set of pins that you typically load at or you have a corral or a shoe, let's say that you're going to set up some portables, you can go to that location, find where you're going to set that shoot on the map in your app, hold your thumb down on that, and it will drop a pin, right? You can label that pin or not, but then it will allow you to copy a link, which will be the GPS coordinates of where you're at. And then I can send that to my truck driver and he can literally drive right to that spot. And it is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then technically you can say with all certainty, you can't miss it. I mean, I mean, no, there's a 99.9% chance that we won't miss it. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was funny when we were talking earlier is that when, when a phrase ends with, you can't miss it, it's pretty much like a guarantee, like, okay, guys, we're going to miss it. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, something else I was thinking about, uh, helpful. And if, and it's something that I do, if, if it's, if I'm moving cattle, calves, yearlings, cattle or whatever that really I'm not, they're not being sold any weights not being sold or anything like that and it's just transportation from point A to point B one of the things I've always tried to do is dry lot the night before, is that helpful? Sure, I mean it's it's whatever works for you guys um, we will make we'll make it work, but yeah, in anything that, that you think is helpful that you need from us, I mean we are absolutely open to that conversation, I'd rather not guess mm-hmm. what works for you versus what might work for your neighbor So just tell me. And a lot of times what I'll do, like if you send me a pin or you have special notes, when I save your contact, I go drop those notes in there so that I know next time, right? That, hey, I know that this producer wants us to have wood chips in there. Um, And so make sure before you go that you've got them ready to put in your trailer before you load. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just always felt like if it was, if it was animals that weren't really needing, we weren't selling anything off. If I could do something to help you all keep your trailer clean and, and keep them, you know, off of uh, feed for, you know, the night before uh, in the, in the, in the lot, you know, that was helpful and and helping to keep your trucks clean. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, Ali, I I sure appreciate you joining us before we head out here today. um, Just some final comments from you. Yeah. uh, So appreciate the opportunity again to be here and have this conversation with you. Appreciate all of the producers out there doing the hard work every day um, to make sure that we continue to have a solid and well-stocked supply chain, especially related to beef. We appreciate the opportunity to serve this industry, right? And so there are going to continue to be regulatory challenges that we're going to face in trucking. There are going to continue to be challenges in finding trucks and making sure that we can provide the highest level of service. There are going to continue to be um, those things out there. And we're going to continue to try our hardest to make sure that we're getting the drivers in the trucks, that we're getting the equipment that you need to safely transport your cattle, that we are advocating for the best ways for us to do that from a regulatory standpoint so that you get the highest return on your animal. Um, You know, like I said, it takes all of us working together and, and it's been a privilege to be in the conversation now for several years on how to make this industry the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Aliyah, uh, just one final thing before you go. If folks are interested in finding a little bit more information out about this or just ways that they can get involved, how would they do that? Yeah, great question. So we have a really active Facebook page. If you just get on Facebook and look up Hilker Trucking, Steve Hilker Trucking, um, I keep our content up there pretty up to date, whether it's just pictures from from the road, from the field, from the sale barn, or whether it's a regulatory update on things that we see happening that might affect either the producer or the trucker, um, we're typically posting a couple of times a week. So if folks had questions or, or just wanted to see what it's like in the day in the life of a trucker, that would be a great place to start. 
You bet. Well, Aaliyah, I sure appreciate you joining us. I know you're busy, and I appreciate you being able to meet with me as uh, we discuss. I, again, I, I'm not. I hate to be, sound like a broken record, but I think we as ranchers, re, we really do need to understand the importance of this side of our business. It's easy to get caught up in buying bulls or or selling calves and and various other elements within our daily business as ranchers. But this is a side of the business that's truly important. So I appreciate you taking the time to shed a little light on it, give us some explanation and and share with us that side of it my pleasure thanks again Aaliyah Hilker Heights president of Steve Hilker trucking out of Cimarron Kansas uh, she's also on the transportation committee for the U.S. Cattlemen's Association and like she said uh, you know get involved uh, make uh, touch base with not only your organizations that represent you in, in your industry but also your political representatives that represent you as well uh, back in Washington, D.C. and in your state capitals to uh, work with us on these kind of issues. Very important to our industry as uh, as we move forward. Well, stay with us. Coming up next, meteorologist Don Day stops in as we talk long-term weather and a change is a coming. We're going to talk about it when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Control comes when you focus on the little things, from daily chores to parasite management, because any little thing could derail progress. But your herd can be covered. Visit GetLessParasites.com for solutions from Zoetis. Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later when you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus Sired Calves. A 2020 study by K-State showed that Sim Angus Sired Steer Calves earn more at sale time than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills as we're joined now by meteorologist Don Day with a look at our weather. And uh, you are traveling. You're in eastern Nebraska, so we're catching you on the road. I appreciate you taking the time to just join us. Not a problem. Good to be here. So uh, I typically, like I was saying before, we, we really like to look a little bit long term on our weather than just this upcoming week. But uh, the way the weather pattern is coming through, there's a little uncertainty. We do know, in fact, that there is cold weather, as we have already for those of us here in the West uh, this weekend. We're already seeing these cold temperatures moving in. But the how long that's going to stay, maybe not quite sure. Yeah, the patterns are certainly changing. Over the last couple of weeks, the country could be divided in half, with the eastern side of the U.S. pretty chilly. The western half of the United States has been very mild and really has had some nice weather. But we're sort of going through a reversal of that right now to where the west and parts of the north-central United States going to really have the first salvos of colder fall weather conditions. And if you look at the calendar, boy, we're within striking distance to November. So it shouldn't be a surprise that we're, we're getting these colder events now. Uh, but for a large part of the country, it's it's been a fairly tame fall. But now it looks like the pattern's getting a lot more active. We've got warm sea surface temperatures relative to averages out across the North Pacific. That is really enhancing a lot of uh, the jet stream energy across the northern branch of the Pacific where we see the breeding ground for these fall storms that come out of Siberia across the North Pacific. And so we're going to see more frequent fronts and have a colder trend for the western United States, states, especially here over the next couple of weeks, while there is some warm, warmer, let's say, uh, more even weather for the eastern side of the U.S., so the west, the east, we've kind of hit that a little bit. How far south is this cold weather going to head? Well, you know, uh, just this past week, we saw freeze warnings all the way to the Gulf Coast, the panhandle of Florida, southern Louisiana. I mean, that cold got pretty darn far south. In fact, uh, Florida uh, has just gone through some pretty cool temperatures. So if you look at Florida, 
they had frost advisories and a couple weeks ago had a hurricane. So I guess the seasons are changing. Mm -hmm. You bet. Well, as we look out long term, I know we we've talked about, you say there's, there's some new information coming out in regards to these sea surface temperatures. Uh, We're not, uh, we, of course we don't have that data right here and right now, but as we look down the road of having uh, a full show with you, we'll be able to take a look at at, at what these sea temperatures are predicting and kind of heading into a third winter here of, uh, of La Nina. That, that's right. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I am seeing some things in the press talking about that we're going to have a full winter of La Nina, which is not really correct. We are going to still through the rest of this fall and into December and January be under a La Nina. That is for certain. But I want to make it clear that we are just about everybody's anticipating that the second half of the winter, La Nina is really going to fade and likely will fade fairly quickly. So there's a bit of a wild card. We get into the second half of winter, the impacts of La Nina are not likely to be as strong as the last two winters. So that's why as we get into the early part, the first quarter of 2023, we need to be prepared for the fact that it may not be exactly like last winter for a lot of the nation. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of sets the stage a bit here. I appreciate you joining us. I know you're traveling safe travels as you find yourself in eastern Nebraska, safe travels as you go about. Thanks for having me. And again, that was meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. If you want to find out more about him, you can go to his website at dayweather.com. And you can also uh, tune in to his daily video podcast from there. You can find it on his website there or also go to YouTube and you can find his YouTube channel every Monday through Friday morning as he kicks out a daily video podcast. And also, we referenced it several times here in our conversation today. Next week, we're going to have a show dedicated fully, 100% to our long-term weather outlook as we look at what the rest of the fall and year of 2022 will look like and in the winter and spring of 23. So be sure to tune in next week on that. Well, stay with us. Coming up next, we'll put a wrap on this week's show and I'll also give you an idea of some future shows that I'm working on as well here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. We'll be back after this. Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. Well, before we park our horse on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show, I want to again remind you, as I said in the last segment, meteorologist Don Day will be joining us next week for a full show as some new weather data coming out. He'll be able to share with us about how the rest of this year will go in terms of a weather outlook as well as the winter and spring of 2023. So be sure to join us next week for our long-term weather outlook show with meteorologist Don Day. Then, coming up in a couple weeks, I'm pleased to have Kent Rollins will be joining us. Yeah, if you have watched any cowboy cooking on YouTube or maybe you've seen it on social media shorts or so forth. Kent's the man, and I'm excited to have him on our show. We're going to be talking with Kent Rollins here in a couple weeks on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Right now, a quick thank you to our sponsors before we head out today. It's waning time, so for protection and recovery, think Vita Charge by Biozyme. And if you're thinking genomic testing, visit InheritProgress.com and request a call with a rep and ask about free TSUs from Zoetis. And it's the little things that could derail progress, but your herd can be covered. Visit GetLessParasites.com com for solutions and the American Simmental Association's Sim Genetics Profit Through Science. Find out more at Simmental.org and Zenpro Perfusion Drench. Optimize performance from the start with Zenpro Perfusion Drench. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine, branded number one by America's Ranchers. If you don't have your subscription, you can easily get it started by going to WorkingRanchMag.com and start your subscription today. If you like to get a hold of me my email address is justin.workingranch at gmail.com thanks for joining us i'm your host justin mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle so long (laughs) 